when I was, uh, let's see, high school or middle school or high school, I, I had a, uh, a second family. Uh, my friend, one of my best friends in the world, his name is Dan. Uh, we lived maybe 100 yards from one another or something like that. Uh, our families were decently close, and I was over at his house all the time. Uh, anybody ever have a, fan, like a friend like that in high school that you were over at their place almost more than you were at your place? Like I, I mean, we, I would sleep at his house all the time. I'd eat meals at his house all the time. He would come to my house all the time. We were just like, I was just a normal part of, the, of their family, uh, so much so that uh, their family lived their real life in front of me as if I was just a normal member of their family. They would get in arguments. They would have teaching moments. I mean, it was, it was, a, it was a great family to be a part of, kind of secondary. Even when, like they went for family pictures pictures one time, and I was just there, so they were just like, hey, Charlie, why don't you come along? It'd be fun. Uh, and, and so, like, you know, behind the camera waving at them, making them, fun, you know, making them laugh, and then one time they're like, hey, why don't you just get in the picture? You're here all the time anyway. Uh, but it was, it was kind of like I was a member of their family. Now, we're about to talk about giving today. Now, now most, some of you in this room are like, great, I've come on the day where he's going to talk about giving, and great. Uh, so here's the deal. I want you to feel like part of our family. Of course, I'm going to be talking to the folks who normally attend this church on a regular basis, but I want you to feel like I felt, at, you know, going to my friend Dan's house. I want you to feel at home. I want you to lean into this. I want you to be a part of the conversation. I don't want you to check out because we're going to be talking about giving today. It's pretty important because, it be, because I really want you to be engaged and be involved because it is a family issue. It is a family issue, and we want to make sure that we're all together moving forward on the same page at the same table because we are making huge steps as the, as the church at Cane Bay. We're moving into this new permanent space, and, uh, and we're, we're figuring out how to pay for it. And so we're making these big steps, and I'm glad that you're here for these big steps. And I hope that you lean into them. I hope that you don't check out, but I hope that you maybe give, give the possible question of, maybe this is a church family that I want to be a part of um, and, and join so many other people who have uh, given their lives and sacrificed themselves to make sure that they're a part of this church. Now, before I get into giving, I want to share with you a little bit of history about our church. So today marks the fourth birthday of our church. Okay, how about that, huh? We actually... Uh, we started in this room September 18th, 2011, so it's two days ago, but technically this is the Sunday that counts as our birthday, so happy birthday to us. We could awkwardly sing happy birthday to ourselves, but I won't do that to you, um, so, um, so we're, but today is our fourth birthday, uh, and uh, so in our first month as a church, uh, this is the figure that we gave in our first month. It's uh, September 2011, we gave $3,700 total. That doesn't even cover our rent now, okay? So uh, we, we had other funding that came in, but in September of 2011, uh, that's how much funds we took in uh, all together. Uh, and so it, it paid a little bit of our ministry costs, but didn't pay for salaries, didn't pay for uh, most, mo- most of our operating costs. It was just a little, a little bit of money. Now, two years later, we grew in that number. And by September of 2013, we're, uh, we're giving a monthly average of about $14,500. Now, that's really great. I mean, obviously, you can see that we grew by like 400% or something like that. Uh, and the uh, people were really gracious and sacrificing. But what's interesting about that is it does not still, it still didn't pay the bills. I mean, we were still on support at that time. We weren't self-funded. We weren't self-sustaining. We were still very much like kind of like a adolescent in nature. Um, and every month we'd finish, actually in that year, 2013, we actually finished in the red that year. We, didn't, we spent more money than we made. Uh, and so we need to make sure, uh, like, so that was two years ago. Now, September 2015, 
Uh, this is exciting. Fourth birthday of our church. This is our monthly average, $23,224. And that's a great number because what that does is that means that we are completely stable as a church, that we are paying all of our own bills, that we're paying our rent, we're paying our salaries, that we actually, and actually for the year of 2015, we are $10,000 ahead of budget. Now that's exciting stuff. Uh, so... Uh, and most churches never have that. So we're actually ahead of budget this year, uh, which is so fantastic. And so, um, and so that's, that's where we're at. So we, you guys have come such a long time. Here's what this has signaled to us. It has signaled, number one, that God has been faithful. God has been faithful. We've taken some big risks. In fact, the 2015 budget was more than what we did last year. We, we actually projected, we thought that we might be able to take in more money in 2015. And God has taken that stewardship and really blown it up and given us more money than, than we thought that we were going to take in, which is really cool. Um, but God has been so faithful to provide through his people. The second thing that we know about this is we are ready to move forward. There is a readiness in, our, in the heart of this church to move forward unlike any other time before. Um, and so here's the deal. The, the mixture of giving is in two parts for this. And I want you guys to get this, okay? Mix, there is a mixture of two types of giving that provides these numbers, Okay, it's a mixture of two types of giving. And what, what I want to call, I want to call it reactive giving. That's the first part. And then there's a second part called, um, called proactive giving. Reactive giving and proactive giving. I'm going to call those giving 1.0 and giving 2.0. Okay? So giving 1.0 is this reactive form of giving. I'm going to define it up here. Uh, called emotional short-term response to needs. Emotional, short-term response to needs. And this is exactly how our culture is kind of wired to be generous. Uh, usually, here's what happens is we hear a need. Maybe it's on social media. Maybe it's a nationwide type deal. Maybe there's like a tsunami in another part of the world. Or uh, I mean, you guys have seen those Red Cross efforts where we're trying to raise millions of dollars for a cure for AIDS in Africa or something like that. Or there might be another organization that says, here's our need. We're hoping that you fill it. And what they're asking for is for you to get involved with them by giving some form of a gift. And what they're trying to do is get you to do a reactive gift, an emotional short-term response to a need. And we have gotten up here before, and we have asked you to fill some needs, all right? So this is what happens when you guys see uh, folks who make, you know, a family member might get in an accident and pass away. And, you know, within an hour, somebody has set up a GoFundMe account and is ready to give money to funeral expenses. I mean, people are on the ball with this kind of stuff because they're, we get emotionally involved in stuff. And this is, this, is very, this is a very good form of response because we certainly don't want to ignore needs, we don't want to say, you know what, I don't, I don't really, you know, nobody tell me about your needs because I really don't, I'm really not interested in them, okay? And this is, we, we do this all the time. We are reactive people. Think about the fact in your marriage, when you got married, there was probably some very well-meaning person that has been married for a long time. And when you got married, they're the person who get, didn't give you any money, but they gave you a book, right? Uh, and they gave you a book on marriage, all right? And they said, hey, this is the best book that I've ever read on marriage. And you smile and you're like, hey, thank you very much. Like, do I really have to write a thank you card for this person? Because you're, you're wondering, like, I don't need a book about marriage. We're in love. What could go wrong? I mean, so it's, it's, it's it, we're going to be fine. I don't need to read all this stuff about marriage. And so, and what usually happens down the line, maybe a year or maybe a week or something like that down the line, you're like, 
maybe I should read this book, right? Uh, there, maybe I should do some proactivity. But like, I mean, we're, but usually with our marriage, we're very reactive. If there's something that's wrong, some kind of communication problem, we're saying, okay, I'm going to react to that. I'm going to figure out how to fix that. We do that in our parenting too. We, we are reactive generation to parenting. We think, I mean, this child uh, is, is a beautiful little boy and he's never ever going to do anything wrong and he's never going to lie to me. He's never going to steal from me. He's never going to get mad at me, right? Until about two years later when they start to do that and you're like, what am I going to do? And you give it to somebody else and say, here, fix this child, right? Right? That's very, it's reactive parenting. And so we do this with giving. We, we you make emotional short-term responses to needs. And there's, again, there's nothing wrong with that. Part of the way that we function at the Church of Cane Bay is telling you about our needs and people get emotionally invested into our church and they want to give. So I'm not, I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with that. But there is another kind of grade higher to thinking through how can we do this maybe a little bit better. Okay? So then we get to the giving 2.0. To giving 2.0. Giving 2.0 is proactive giving. Proactive giving. I've defined it like this. Calculated, long-term commitment. Calculated, long-term commitment. Now, here's the deal. Giving 2.0, proactivity, it's not flashy. It's not emotional. It is a, it's, and it's not, really a, it's not really popular either. This is a regular kind of in the trenches, day in and day out generosity that makes normal operation of your church happen, of the church happen, right? Now, most of us, here's the deal, we give usually reactionary, like that's how we're generous, uh, but and, instead of proactively, but we want our income stream, our company that we work for. Wouldn't it be terrible if they were reactive, like for your in, for your paycheck? Like, eh, well, I'm not really sure that we should pay you this week, so we're thinking about it. All right, and we're, we're just going to base your pay on how we're feeling about you today, right? All of us want proactive corporations to pay us, right? That's that's what we want on a normal basis, okay? Because we want that regular calculated commitment to us when we're doing a specific job, all right? And so with giving 2.0, it's proactive. It's in the same way. This is the way that the church pays the bills, pays the rent, pays salaries, uh, keeps the ministries going, keeps our missional communities going, keeps our student ministry, helps it to grow, and provides the resources for our kids to do what they need to do. Now back to our marriage illustration, right? Most of us need to think through proactivity within our marriages and our parenting. Wouldn't it be better to head off at the past problems before they even happen? Wouldn't it be better to proactively seek out communication with your spouse before something happens that's bad? Wouldn't it it be better to think through and maybe read some resources and some books before maybe something bad happens or some suffering happens in your life and produce? Maybe it's better to think through proactivity as far as discipline in the home for your parenting rather than reactionary parenting, which just responds to child's actions. Okay, so in all things, I think I think it's it's good to respond to things emotionally sometimes, but at the same time, I think God is calling us to a higher level, both in life, their marriage, their parenting, with our life, but also with our giving, thinking through our own generosity. Now, here's the problem with proactive giving. Proactive giving is mundane. It's boring, right? Proactivity, pro, proactive. Um, 
generosity is uh, you don't put that on Facebook, right? There is nothing for you to post on Instagram about proactive giving. You're not going to get any likes, right? You're not going to get any, you know, click on the heart kind of thing because it's not interesting. It's not fancy. It's not inspiring. It's just kind of in the trenches every single day working things out. But that is the bedrock of Christian generosity. Now, in the Bible, we call this tithing. Now, that's a word that we don't use anywhere else besides in the church. Tithing. The Bible calls this tithing. Tithing simply means a tenth. A tenth. It's an Old Testament principle that states that, that people are commanded by God to give a tenth of their income to the mission and ministry of the church. Okay? And Jesus affirms this in the New Testament. And so that's what we practice at the church at Cane Bay. We believe in stewardship or godly stewardship that God gives to us everything. That every, every penny that you make from your paycheck is actually God gifting you finances. None of it is ours. It's all God's. Every single bit of it. And then what God asks is, hey, you take care of this 90%. You get to keep 90%. And what I'm asking for you in return is a 10% gift towards the mission and ministry of a local church. Okay, that's what tithing is. And we believe that and we teach it, obviously, in the church of Cane Bay. Now, here's the deal. Christians, get this in this room. I want you to grab this. Christians are called past reactive giving and called into proactive giving to fulfill the obedience of God. Now, it's, that is a very difficult statement for me to make because it's very unpopular because it makes people feel a little bit awkward. Like, am I really doing that? Am I really going to give 10% of my income to the church? That's a lot of money. Like, you don't understand. I've, you, know, you don't understand. I make a good bit of money and now I've got to give 10% of that away. And you look at the check or you look at the statement online, you see how many zeros are there. And you're like, I, I can do a lot of stuff with that money. I can pay off a lot of things that I've made choices on. I can go, that can go towards my house or my car, or that can give me better stuff. But here's the deal. Are we going to put all those worries up against our obedience to God? Are we going to be obedient to God, not only in the easy things, but also in the hard things? And so we teach at the Church of Cane Bay that we believe that the, the partners of this church, we call our partners or our members to this specific standard. And that is an expectation that we have, that our partners are tithing. And so we're also asking Christians, people who, are, uh, people who believe that Lord, the Lord Jesus is their Savior and proclaim his name to say, hey, I'm going to be obedient not only in, this, in, the, in, the, in, my, sin, in my sinful life or the things that I do every single day, but I'm also going to be obedient in this area of giving as well. Okay? Now, two years ago, with, as it pertains to the advanced campaign in this building project. Two years ago, we were approached about the possibility of doing this building campaign. We were approached with the possibility of partnering with Coastal Kids Academy and possibly building a building right here in Cane Bay, much like what we're doing right now. And we were approached with, with, with a very, it was just kind of a very good idea. We'd never heard about it before, but it was a good possibility for us. And we prayed about it, and we searched it out, and we thought through it, and we looked at our books. And here's what we came up with. We came up with this, that all of our numbers were that we haven't yet gotten to the point where we were giving 2.0 people. We were still in debt. We, we weren't in debt. We'd never been in debt. But um, we were still at a place where we were taking in funds from the, from the, from the, out, from the outside to help pay our bills. We weren't completely sustaining. We didn't have much money in the bank at all. 
And so it was, it was, it was an opportunity for us to think through, you know, we, we've kind of moved past this giving 1.0. People are now starting to give and tithe, but we're not there yet. We're not paying our own stuff yet. And so we had to say no because we weren't ready to move on to a next step. And now we've come to a place where we've, we've had months of good stewardship, good faithfulness from you guys, and now we're ready to take that next step. And that next step is what I like to call giving 3.0. Now, giving 3.0 is this. It is dynamic giving. It is dynamic giving. Here's the definition. Overachieving designated investment. Overachieving designated investment. Here's what this means. Dynamic giving is this. For a certain period of time, And for a certain cause, we are going to go beyond the call of duty to something greater. And so that's what this whole advance campaign is all about. It's saying, it's saying, hey, we've got something big coming up for our church. And what we're asking is for folks to go beyond giving 2.0, giving beyond tithing. Now that is, now it's enough for us to ask that you give 10% of your income away, but it also is a big, even bigger ask for us to say, I want you to give dynamically for a certain period of time so that our church uh, can move forward. Now here's the deal. When I was a student. I wasn't that good of a student. If you got like B's and C's in school, raise your hand. If you got B's and C's, if you're out there, so you can make me feel a little bit better. Okay, cool. Some, every now and then you get a D, right? Okay. All right. So I, I wasn't the greatest student in the world. School was not my forte. I was, I was a jock. I did a lot of sports uh, and it, it was a lot of fun. All right. And I was a church kid. I, I, mean, I loved going to student ministry, but I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. And my parents told me all the time, hey, our responsibility, we love you, we care for you, we want to make sure that you have every opportunity that you could possibly have. Here's the deal. We're responsible to, for you until you graduate from high school when you're 18 years old, and then you are on your own. Congratulations, all right? So you better make some good decisions now because you are going to be on your own because we have, now, they're not reactionary givers. They were very proactive givers to my upbringing, okay? They, they, they loved me, they cared for me, they were committed to me, they were in the trenches with me, right? For sure, they were in the trenches with me, sometimes beating me up in the trench. Okay, so, um, but they were in the trenches with me and they told me, 18 and you're done. Between my sophomore year and my junior year, God got a hold of my life and said, hey, I'm going to call you into ministry. And I want to make sure, I believe that you're going to be a pastor. And I surrendered to that call. What's funny is my grades changed from B's and C's to all A's. Began to just work with, I mean, it was, it was pretty cool. And just see what God was doing in my life. And it changed me like dramatically. And my parents saw that and they said, you know what? <clears throat> we believe in your education. And we believe that we're going to go past 18. And we said, for the next four years, we're going to pay for your school to make sure that you can get the best ministry education that you can. And they even paid for some of my seminary as well. And so my parents said, hey, we are, we are, we're not reactionary givers. We're proactive givers. We're going to take care of you for the first 18 years of your life. But then they saw something in me that was a vision. They said, hey, we're, you, you're, going to make, you're going to make a big investment to the kingdom of God. And so we want to invest into you. And so for the next four years, they paid for every, everything that I could need through college. That was dynamic. Now, at the end of that, they're like, you're done. Cool. Go get married. Right? And, uh, and that was good. That was fun. Um, but it was a defined investment into me. We are asking you to do the same thing at the Church of Cane Bay. We're asking you to consider. You've been faithful being proactive givers. You've been faithful in the tithe. And now it's time to say, hey, we've got this great future in front of us. We've got this great project. It's not forever. It's for a small amount of time. 
and we want you to invest into it for two years and say, we're going to be dynamic givers. Now, there's some principles about this that I want you guys to think through, and we're going to grab all of those from 2 Corinthians, okay? So most of you are wondering, when is the Bible going to come into all this? Here it is, okay. Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 9. So if you have a Bible, I want you to grab that Bible, whether you have it on your phone or maybe it's right in front of you. I would love for you to have a Bible. If you don't have a Bible, our next steps table will have a stack of them for you, and I'd love to have them for you. And I believe that they're going to be online. Darren, is that right? Yes, sir. Okay, so uh, if you have the YouVersion app or the Holy Bible app, they should, if you click on live events and you go to the Church of Cane Bay, you will find our notes for you, okay? So it'll be right there. 2 Corinthians chapter 9. This is a letter from the Apostle Paul. Now, before we read it, I want to give you a little bit of background. Here's what's happening. The Corinthian church is one of the earlier churches that Paul started. And at the time, they were poor. Like, they were poor. They didn't have anything. Right? It was a very small, poor church, and Paul was working with them, teaching them about tithing and teaching them about following Christ, much like the church at Cane Bay didn't have much at the very beginning. Now, this is years later, and Paul has set up, he set up leadership, and he has left, and he's gone to another church, okay? And so the Corinthian church was growing, they're moving forward, and at this point in time, the Corinthian church was actually doing pretty well financially. They were paying their own bills, much like our story, okay? So Paul's writing to them from another church that he has just started in Macedonia, and he's saying, hey, there's a church over here named, uh, from the church of Macedonia, and they are struggling. They're poor. They're walking through some stuff, persecution. And I have told them that you are mature. I've told them that you have grown in this area of stewardship. And I have told them that it is possible that you can give to them in a dynamic way. Okay? So that's kind of what's happening, much like the church of Cane Bay and what we're asking. So if you look at 2 Corinthians chapter 9, we're going to start from the very beginning. It says this, Now it is superfluous for me to write to you about the ministry for the saints. For I know your readiness, of which I boast about you to the people of Macedonia, saying that Achaia has, Achaia is another word for uh, Corinthians, has been ready since last year, and your zeal has stirred up most of them. I love that verse. Underline it. It's awesome. But I am sending the brothers so that our boasting about you may, may not prove empty in this matter so that you may be ready, as I said you would be. Otherwise, if some Macedonians come with me and find that you are not ready, we would be humiliated to say nothing of you for being so confident. So I thought it necessary to urge the brothers to go on ahead to you and arrange in advance the gift you have promised, so that it may be ready as a willing gift, not an exaction. Now here's the deal. Paul's telling these people, he's told the Macedonians, the Corinthian church has got your back, all right? They are going to provide for you. And he's then writing to the Corinthian church, you guys got to be ready because it is time. You guys, all of your zeal and all of your passion has pumped these people up. So here's the first, here's the first characteristic of dynamic giving. Ready? We need to back up the hype. It's a very spiritual statement, right? We need to back up the hype. I love the statement that he makes. Your zeal has stirred up most of them. All right, they are exciting. The church of Macedonia is excited about the passion and zeal in the church at Corinth. And he's saying, hey, yo, we're going to come and we're going to ask for this gift that you guys have been saving up 
for us. Now, have you ever done this? Have you ever gone to a restaurant and you loved that restaurant? Like the food was awesome. The atmosphere was great. uh, The service was fantastic. And you're like, yo, this is like one of the best restaurants in this city. Like you get on Zomato or whatever you want to get on. You get on social media and you're, you're like, hey, you guys need to go to this restaurant. That's one of the best restaurants in town. And you tell all your friends and you get your family together. Next time everybody's together, you're like, yo, we need to go to this restaurant. Here, here we go. And on your way there, that moment of emptiness hits you and you're like, oh, I hope that it's good, right? Uh, I hope that it is as good as the hype that I have put into it. I hope that the JV service team isn't there. Like, I, I hope that the chef hasn't taken the night off today because I, I, have, I have ramped this thing up so much in, the peop- in these people's hearts. I have stirred up so much zeal within them that I hope that it comes out. So this is what Paul is saying. He's saying, hey, I've told them about your generosity. I'm excited about it. And I really hope that you guys come through. So the Church of Cane Bay, we've been talking about getting into a permanent space for a long time now. We've been talking about how much impact we can have in this community once we get our own space. I I know that you guys have had friends that have told you, hey, when are you going to get a building for this church? When are you going to have that specific tool? And we've hyped it up. And my hope with dynamic giving is that we live up to that hype, that we live up to that vision, as Paul was hoping that the Corinthian church would live up to that. And I hope that we don't disappoint, and I hope that we live up to the hype so we can advance, okay? Number two, the second thing about uh, dynamic giving, number two, introspection, not other-spection. I know that's not a word, okay? Making stuff up, that's okay. Introspection, not other spectrum. Let's look at verse 6 through 8. Here we go. The point is this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one must give as he has decided, give me those two, three words, in his heart. Not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver, and God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. Now here's the deal. Dynamic giving, this idea that we give above and beyond a normal tithe, dynamic giving does not look around at other people. Dynamic giving doesn't say, I wonder what they're going to give. He's, you know, he's got, I know that he makes more money than I do, so I'm going to look forward to what he gives before I decide on what I give. Or I'm sure that they have other people inside of this church that can pay the bills. I don't have to give. So I want to be very careful about the fact that we, we don't do others' spection. We don't think through what another person is going to give to this thing. We think through what we are going to give and we look at our own heart because there is some danger in doing building campaigns, folks. And the dangers are is we have dangers of comparison. We can look at other people and and make our decisions based upon their decisions and justify or qualify what we give based upon what other people give, not what God is asking us to give. Or we can do things like like, like this. We can kind of get our head in the game and not our heart. And we'll, we'll start to do the math. Now we look at it, we're trying to raise $250,000. And we look around the room, we're like, okay, yeah, there's easily about 100 families in this room. Here's the deal. Do the math. Uh, if, if, uh, if everybody gives $2,500, then we'll be done with this thing. We get 100, we'll get 100 families to give $2,500, then we'll be done. And that's when we get our head in the game. We come up with all these solutions. 
And what we're trying to do is we're trying to think through, I, I don't want to, I'm, I'm not being generous. I'm not asking God what I think that I should be giving. But I'm trying to figure out, okay, they should be giving this and they should be giving this. Or we kind of go communistic with it and we say everybody should give the same amount of money. When in reality, it actually would be sinful for some folks to give less than $2,500 and it would, not be, it would not be a wise steward for some families to give more than that. Or to give, it would, maybe there's some families that are in a place where God's just asking them to give $500. You know? Or something like that. So we can't allow our head to get in the game and say, we have to be able to say, God, speak to my heart. How are you asking me to give generously in this way of doing kind of 3.0 giving? Okay? <clears throat> All right, so let's look at the third thing. The third thing about uh, dynamic giving. Reflection that leads to thanksgiving. Reflection that leads to thanksgiving. Let's read verse 10 through 15. It says this. He who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way to be generous in every way, which through us will produce thanksgiving to God. For the ministry of this service is not only supplying the needs of the saints, but is also overflowing in many thanksgivings to God. I love that verse. By their approval of the service, they, here's this, by their approval, their, people are watching what's happening. Here's the deal. By their approval of the service, they will glorify God because of your submission that comes from your confession of the gospel of Christ and the generosity of your contribution for them and for all others. While they long for you and pray for you because of the surpassing grace of God upon you, thanks be to God for this inexpressible gift. What's happening in this passage is he's saying we are a reflection from God and when, we, when other people see a reflection of God within us, they will give thanksgiving to God. That's what's happening in this passage. Now, I have, a, I have two sons. I have, a, um, I have a five-year-old son, and I have a baby. Now, I, you know, the baby's, the baby's awesome because I get to just hold him in my hands, and he just sits there and coos, and it's, it's so much fun. And it'd be really difficult for me to be holding my child and think through, you know what? I'm going to give this child up to somebody else. I'm going to give him up. I'm going to give him up, and not only am I going to give him up, but I'm going to give him up to a bad family. I'm going to give him up to a bad family who's not going to care for him, who's not going to give him what he needs. I'm, not go- I'm going to give him up to, a, to, a, to somebody who's going to abandon him. And in fact, when he gets older, I'm going to give him up to, a, to somebody who's going to hurt him and abuse him and maybe even kill him. Now, what crazy person would do that? God did that. God looked at his only son, Jesus, and said, I'm going to give you up to a murderous people. I'm going to give you up to people who won't provide for you like I can. I'm going to give you up to a people who eventually will hurt you and abuse you, and then they'll stick you on a cross and they're going to kill you. That's what I'm going to give you to. That's the picture of God. That's what he does with Jesus. The heart of God is so dynamic in giving up of his own son. That Now, could you imagine that scene in heaven? Like there's angels and there's, there's you know, people there from the Old Testament and they're watching all of this happen. And they see the son of God and they see God sending forth his son to become a man and to give himself up as a ransom. 
imagine that picture in heaven? That's a tough scene. Even when God knows all these things, he knows that his son is going to be given up. He knows that he's going to be given up for the sins of all mankind. He knows, here's the deal, he knows that his son is going to give it all. Not just some, all. Jesus is going to sit, on, is going to be nailed to the cross and give everything, spill all of it. We think about 10% of our money and think that that's a big deal. Jesus didn't tie this blood. He gave all of it. And so when we think about that, what Paul says is that Jesus, who gave all, dynamically gave. We are a reflection of that. And when we are generous, we are reflecting the glory of God. And we, when we are generous to others, we are showing the Spirit of God. We're showing what God looks like. And what, what Paul says is people will begin to give thanksgiving and understand the gospel when we are generous. If we are not generous and we pull back and we say, you know what, no, I'm going to keep this for myself, that's not the picture of God. And so people cannot give thanksgiving in something that's not a reflection of God. And so the God's call for us is to also, thank, thank goodness he doesn't ask us to give, give like he did. <laughs> but what he's asking us to do is steward our, steward our finances well, to tithe, and then at times give in a dynamic way so that other people might be able to give in thanksgiving. So here's the deal. What is God asking you to do? I want to ask you this question because next week we have Commitment Sunday and it's, it's a big deal for us. So we're, we're, at the, we're at the mountaintop of this thing and I really it's, it's time to make a decision. I need you to think through as a family where you're at with this. Where is your commitment level to this thing? Where are you at with our faith family as a church? It could be that you're at giving 1.0. And you're looking at this and you're saying, hey, that's a great need that church has. And it might be that you're still trying to discover Christianity. I'm glad that you're in this room and you're not a Christian. I believe that you're in the will of God by being in this room, right? And even if you're not a believer, and it's very possible that you might look at this and say, hey, I can contribute to that or something like that, that you, you can get emotionally invested in what we're doing here at the Church of Cane Bay. So maybe it's possible that you're right there. You're right at that giving 1.0 as a reactive giving, a reactive giver. As you seek out this relationship with God, this is where you're going to be. And that's, and that's a good place to be, and that's okay. Now, if you're a believer and you say, I'm, I am a Christian and I love Jesus and I call him my Lord, God has commanded and you are, we, we are to follow into obedience, into giving 2.0, into tithing. And so it might be that maybe you haven't been following the Lord in that way. And maybe this advanced campaign is not for you, but maybe it's, it's the very fact that you need to think about, hey, I need to become a tither. I need to look at my budget. I need to sit down. I need to know what my income is, what my expenses are. And I need to know that I can be faithful to God and obedient in this way and become a tither at the church of Cane Bay. And I, there's so many families in this church that have gone from reactive givers to being proactive givers in this church that have moved from the emotional part of giving into the in the trenches every single week. They're giving so that the, that the mission and ministry of this church can move forward. There's so many families that I can tell stories about in this church that have moved in that way. So maybe that's your step. Maybe that's your commitment. Maybe that's what you need to do.
Now, for those of us who have, um, we've been tithing for a while now, we've been obedient to God in this, we're partners of this church, and maybe we just really like this church a lot. And we're wanting to be invested. And we're like, hey, it's time for us to put our money where our mouth is, literally. It's time for us to live up to the hype, so to speak. And we're going to be able to give to this advanced campaign at that 3.0 level, that dynamic level, that we are going to be faithful to complete the work, that we're not going to back up when we need it most. Now, so I want you to be able to make that decision. Next week, I'm going to give you an opportunity to make that decision. We're going to put some stuff in the mail to you this week. We're going to be, you're going to be seeing some stuff on social media. And then in your uh, missional communities, if you're involved in a missional community, uh, Joel or I are, are going to visit with your MC this week, and we're going to give you an opportunity to ask questions. Um, you, can ask, you can ask anything about the building, about, about the financial campaign about the finances of the church. You can ask us anything. We just want to get in those small group environments so that you can feel more comfortable, uh, kind of more one-on-one, one-on-some, whatever, and and just be able to ask some questions. So we'll be there this week uh, to to interact, okay? So if you're not in the missional community, that's the best environment. Of course, you can always email me some questions that people have done that. I would love for you to do that as well. So, but here's the deal. Next week, I'm going to ask you to make a commitment. We're going to give you some, we're going to give you those cards, and we want you to Talk about that, pray about that as a family, and think through what God is asking you to give, okay? So, and then, uh, and then we're going to celebrate some baptism stuff. And then here's the deal. We've also talked about this, this whole deal called the first fruits type, uh, the first fruits gift. Now, if you, two weeks ago, I talked about this idea that we want you to give kind of monthly, and then there's a possibility that on to- October 4th that you have the ability to give maybe a large sum of money so that we can get this thing kicked off well. And October 4th, we're going to be doing that. So if you have any questions about that, advancedcanebay.org. You can always look at that information, or you can email me. I'd love for you, I would, or you can call me or catch me. I'd love to talk to you about any of this. It'd be fantastic. So my hope is, is that next week, that our, this coming week, that you would be able to sit down as a family and think through who, how are we committing to this thing, okay? Let's pray together, and we'll, uh, we'll be done. Father, I pray that, that, you, that you have stirred hearts today. Um, it is always interesting Sundays when we talk about giving. We talk about money. Nobody likes to talk about money at church. <laughs> but Father, we, we know that um, this is just part, this is, these are tools that you've given us to move the, the, the ministry forward. And I, I'm glad that people are, can be excited about this. I'm, I'm so glad to see folks. I've already seen so many stories of people being generous. And all I can, all I can say is thank you. So God, thank you for how you're moving in people's hearts. And I pray that this week would go smoothly for a lot of families, that, they, that you wouldn't distract them from being able to sit down and think through how they're going to give. But God, that you would allow man and wife to think through Make a decision together that they would push each other and challenge one another. Father, for the singles in the room to be able to make a decision on their own that guided by you and your presence in their life. God, I just ask that, um, that you would be in the midst of our, uh, of, of our presence this week as the Church of Cain Bay. And we look forward to how you're, going to, uh, how you're going to work in our lives. Jesus, we love you so much. Uh, we give you this time and we ask that you, God, uh, that you would just bless our church moving forward. Amen. All right, guys.